Welcome to Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears. I'm joined by Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Holiday week for us here. Oh, yeah? So, yep. And so I have uh, been through my to-do list. Uh, that's the kind of exciting thing that I do when the children aren't around now, mm-hmm. is just do all the things that I should be doing normally, but can't do because they're always asking me where some toy is. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, that's my week this so far. <laughs> nice. So this Good week, we, this week we want to kind of have a follow-up to last week. Uh, the last episode from two weeks ago and mm-hmm. we want to continue to talk about photo editing um i mean we want to continue to talk about the photos app this time with a focus on editing and how you can edit photos on ios uh what you can do on the ipad with the photos app uh third-party extensions third-party photo editors just briefly at the end uh it's it's a big topic but i feel like we can cover the key points uh with the usual format so before we talk about the editing tools in the Photos app, I wanted to briefly discuss what we actually do with when we talk about photo editing. Um, for me, I don't do a lot of actual photo editing. I'm not a professional photographer. Uh, when I take a picture with my iPhone, um, I usually just leave it as it is. Uh, it syncs with iCloud photo library to other devices. And when I do editing, it's actually one of those minor edits, like the built-in effects or some cropping. But I'm not really one of those photographers. I don't have a complex workflow. And I would say the most of the editing that I actually do is for screenshots, for images that I use on Mac Stories, uh, when I have to organize screenshots for an app review. Uh, that's the kind of editing that I do, uh, which is, you know, again, I'm not a photographer. I don't have a complicated workflow with a, dozens of apps. Um, but still, I play around with the Photos app a lot and I have fun installing extensions. So what do you actually do, Fraser? Uh, do you do photo editing at all? Well, I, I've kind of been, um, I've had two lives in this really, I suppose. In, in the, the days when I was a Mac user and when Aperture was new and then current, I, I was shooting on a DSLR. I was taking thousands of pictures of every month, I suppose, uh, downloading all the raw files into, onto my Mac and, and editing things and tweaking things and so on. And I guess just as uh, as life has gotten busier, as, as I just said, but also just as, as iPhone photography has gotten better, um, the thing I realized about like traditional photography was it, it became a systems administration job. Mm. <laughs> it was re- you spent most of your time just dealing with the huge amount of data that was flying off your camera at all times. And then the iPhone came along and it made photography fun again for me. And, and today... I would say 100% of the photographs I take are taken on my iPhone. Uh, and so I'm, I'm doing similar things to you. I may spend a little bit more time tweaking and cropping things. You know, I, I've got kids and the grandparents want a photograph and so on. But um, in all cases, for, for several years now, um, all of those requirements have been met by photographs that I've taken on my iPhone. And some of our favorite pictures of the family that we have around the walls and so on are all they're all pictures from the iPhone. They're not. Uh, they're not from a DSLR or anything like that. So, well, I I would say that I do have a a kind of legacy mm-hmm. photo library from the the DSLR era, but all my modern stuff and and I suppose that means numerically probably more as well is all on iPhone. So I do a little bit of tweaking from now and, now and then, but I wouldn't say I, I had a major workflow as part of my daily life that was f- photography based. Similar to you. Got it, yeah. So let's talk about the Photos app and the actual editing that you can do uh, with the tools available right inside of iOS. So the, the, the main idea here is that you can tap edit 
when you're viewing a photo in the Photos app, and the interface changes, and you get this dark canvas, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> with, a, with a bunch of um, icons uh, on the iPad on the left side uh, when you're using in landscape mode with different editing tools. And these include, you know, the automatic adjustments to a picture to just make it look better. There's cropping. Uh, and then you can tweak, you know, values such as color, highlights, shadows, and you can choose from a variety of uh, built-in filters and of course, you can also use extensions. And I wanted to kind of uh, touch upon these built-in editing tools. Um, I use the auto enhance mm, feature quite a bit, uh, but just because it's so simple to use. It's the icon with the magic wand, uh, and it usually just makes a picture pop out a little more. So the colors become more vibrant, uh, the the highlights and the shadows are, you know, just make the picture look better. And it's one of those, you know, one-touch uh, feature that uh, you don't necessarily have to know what's going on behind the scenes, but it just works mo most of the time for me. And it's, you know, very nice. And I recommend it. If you have never tried it before, it, it seems to produce decent results. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's... Uh is the easiest thing to do to to get a photograph that maybe uh, the contrast isn't very strong or something like that. It will automatically enhance the contrast. It will uh, increase the saturation a little bit or whatever is required for that photograph. And it's it's a nice, easy yeah. little step to take. It, it even works with screenshots. <laughs> I don't know why you <laughs> want to do that, but usually when you like when I'm when I stumble upon like uh, an app with a with a white background, like it's mm -hmm. when it's difficult to to spot out, you know, elements due to contrast, the the automatic adjustment even works for that kind of image. Uh, so what you're saying is that's the fix iOS seven design problem. Well, button. I'm not saying that directly, <laughs> but you can make your own assumption. Okay. Um, what about the filters? Yeah, so there there are I think it's eight Instagram style filters built in. They're, they're given cutesy names just like Instagram. Uh, there's not as many as Instagram has at the moment, but uh, these are ones you can just tap once and, and they're applied to the photograph. Uh, and those are they're fun to use and sometimes they can produce some some interesting results depending on the kind of photograph you've taken in the first place. What's even more interesting, I, I believe, is the, the the control that you're given when you want to tweak light color and black and white. So yeah. these are available by tapping the uh, the little dial icon, uh, which reveals another sidebar on the iPad. It's a bottom bar, I believe, on the iPhone. Um, and it reveals this uh, sidebar with three icons, light color and black and white. And what's interesting is that you can tap each of these icons to show a slider. So this slider lets you tweak the manually by swiping uh, the selected value. So you can swipe up and down to adjust light in the photo. Uh, but what's even better is that you can tap on the list icon. There's a you know an icon with three lines just below the slider, and when you tap this you get this whole other sidebar with uh, individual values. These are numeric values. So for instance, if you tap the light uh, icon, then you tap the list button in the sidebar, you get this list of uh, values such as exposure, highlights, shadows, brightness, contrast, and black point. Now, I don't know necessarily what these values mean, uh, but you can play around, you can, you know, you can see the values, uh, you can tap each one of them and you get another slider. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of sliders going on here. <laughs> uh, and you, you can definitely waste a, a lot of time just tweaking things and, you know, playing around with these, uh, with the, with this interface. Uh, do you do a lot of these, uh, 
Um, not routinely, no. I, I think the thing is that, as you said, this is like two levels down in the interface to get to these yeah. controls. And I don't imagine very many iOS users will ever have been that deep. But it, it is the case that those controls are there. And, you know, a lot of them correspond to components that used to exist in, say, iPhoto and Aperture. You could look at an inspector in one of those applications and you could see sliders for each of these things. And I, I remember tweaking, you know, the exposure and the black point and, the, and the, the shadows and highlights in Aperture back in the day. And the fact is those controls are there in the iOS Photos app. They're just quite deeply buried. Uh, so you have that first level where you've got light color, black and white, and you get various um, sort of preset treatments for each of those settings. You can just pick them visually on a little film strip and then you go in, You can go into this deeper level where if one of those doesn't work for you, if you want to pull something back a little bit, say a highlight or a shadow, uh, you can do that individually. And you've got those controls over things like color temperature as well and, and uh, black and white and various uh, aspects of the black and white controls that you might have as well. Yeah. Uh, zooming and cropping is also interesting. Uh, so when you tap the crop icon, uh, it's the one below the magic wand, uh, you get this... Uh, this interface which con which contains a bunch of other controls so you can crop so you get you know these uh, these uh, l you know rules that you can adjust with your finger and it you get this highlighted portion of the image which is where you know the cropping will occur uh, but you can also uh, zoom a picture and rotate it to adjust the orientation uh, there's a like a what do you call it like a dial on the right side so yeah, it's kind of like a thumb wheel, isn't it? Yeah. It's sort of like a, a half moon shape that sticks up off the edge of the screen, and you can you can drag that left and right to ro rotate clockwise or counterclockwise, uh, and move it by very small increments as well. Not it's not very, it's a very fine movement. You know, for the, the movement of your finger, the photograph only moves a little bit, so it's quite easy to very precisely yeah. align the photograph. Yeah, and at the bottom, uh, there's a there's an icon just next to the cancel. Uh, cancel button and you you can tap it you get this list of uh, cropping formats so you can choose to keep the original format or you can crop to square to uh you know there's a 16 9 what's the mm -hmm. proper terminology here is there 16 by 9 16 by 9 yeah yep. yeah uh there's a whole list of formats that you can use, and I don't typically uh, do this. One time that I had to choose the 16 by 9 format was when I had to... You know when I produced that video uh, for a friend of mine? She mm -hmm. wanted to do a hip-hop video uh, for a choreography. Um, and we shot the video on my iPhone, and later I sent all of the footage to my iPad Pro with, uh, with AirDrop, and we wanted to extract from the video uh, a few still images. So I used this app called Instanty, which lets you uh, extract a single frame as a picture from a video. And because we wanted to share that, well, the girls wanted to share this picture on Facebook with a sort of, uh, you know, cinematic effect. Uh, they, they wanted to make it look like a movie, basically. So we cropped the photo to the to the 16 by 9 format so it would look like a, like, like a, you know, like a still from a movie yeah. and it, it was nice to have that sort of preset in the, in the mm -hmm. cropping in the cropping area one detail that I really appreciate of, uh, about iOS and photo editing when it comes to zooming is that if you take a picture on your iPhone and I assume on the iPad and the picture is slightly off center 
when you when you tap the cropping uh, icon, uh, iOS automatically zooms into the picture so so it is perfectly straight. Uh, hmm. I believe it uses the uh, it's based on the horizon level uh, using you know like uh, orientation metadata stored in the picture to kind of mm -hmm. straighten up the image. Uh, so you, you, it crops a little bit of uh, of pixels from each side of the image, so it's you know uh, it's more centered and it's a nice detail for you know. People like me who don't necessarily know how to make these adjustments manually. And yeah. you can see there's a common thread here of iOS wanting to take most of the effort of, you know, manual adjustment and manual controls away from the user. Those are still available, but, you know, uh, if you want, the OS can take care of that for you. There's uh, other uh, uh, maybe hidden features and details that I, that I, wanted, to, that I wanted to cover. Um, the big idea here is that every edit that you do on iOS is non-destructive. So you can always go back to the original version of a file without losing you know, the original picture. Uh, that discards all of the changes, all of the edits that you made, and it, it's a, it, you can access this by tapping the revert uh, button in the editing interface. The downside of this is that whenever you cancel all of your changes and you go back to the original, you cannot choose to say, okay, I just want to get rid of this single edit. Uh, every modifications that you make to an image are clustered in a single modification. So when you tap revert and you go back, you lose all of your changes. You cannot say, yeah. I want to get rid of this black and white effect, but keep the cropping. When you revert, you lose all of your edits. In principle, though, you could go into one of the specific controls and change its settings back. So you could, you know, if you had uh, increased the contrast, you could go in and decrease the contrast again manually. But that sort of requires that you remember exactly what things you changed in the, in the picture in the first place. Yeah. And uh, w what some people also don't know is that you can hide photos from the mm -hmm. from the action uh, sheet of of each photo there's a hide icon that basically uh, removes the the photo from the main view uh, of the, the you know the what is it called the moments the collections the and collections moments and, and the moments yeah, yeah. yeah. it removes the picture from there but it's still available in the albums so if you go into the you know all photos or used to be called the camera roll i believe uh, you can still find that picture uh, yeah it, i've not done that very much are you in the habit of using that I do, and it's usually again because of screenshots. When I mm. want to, when I want to keep a clean uh, collections view, uh, but I'm working on, for example, an app review, and I take a lot of screenshots. Uh, I, I like the ability to hide all of those screenshots. This was vital when I was working on my iOS nine review. My photos app was full with like. 300 screenshots and it was definitely welcome to be able to just hide those and you know retain a, a, a summary of all my actual photos not the screenshots um I guess what a lot of people want to want to hear from us is the editing ex extensions let me give you one more tip just before you go into that oh, yeah? Federico oh yeah um there's also, uh, in the you mentioned in the action sheet, you can hide things. You can also duplicate oh, yeah. in there as well. And, and that's a very useful feature for a couple of reasons. One is, say you want to keep an original version, and then you want to experiment with adjustments. Uh, duplicating it first means that you can then, you, you can change the duplicate and the original won't be affected. So say you, you, you do that, but you also need the original for something else. It's worth duplicating them both. Um, and then you can... You can play away with one and keep the other one original. But also, if you duplicate a, an edited photo, 
the duplicate is also edited but again the edits can be reverted on that photograph so even if you don't think to duplicate before you start editing you can always duplicate the edited version and revert that duplicate back to its original state and then you can have the original again to even start with new edits or just use it in its original form as well so it's worth bearing in mind that it's not super obvious that it's in there but it is uh, quite a useful thing to be able to do from time to time yeah nice i think i i remember i was using a, a third-party app uh, with an action extension to duplicate pictures. Uh, mm -hmm. Now it's a built-in feature. I think that came in iOS 9, if I remember it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, extensions. Uh, w w as you can imagine, uh, with, with iOS 8, Apple launched uh, this new extensibility framework, and it contained, very famously, uh, share and action extensions. What Apple also did is they enabled developers to provide their own extension points in the Photos app. So you can edit pictures. Uh, if you want to go beyond the built-in tools of the Photos app, you can employ extensions from third-party apps uh, and make modifications to an image using features from apps inside the Photos app. So the way that you do this is you tap the More icon in the editing view. It's the, the circle with the three dots inside. And this opens uh, a share sheet, essentially. And conf configuring this share sheet, it's just like activating uh, action and share extensions. You get this pop-up, and you need to tap again on a More icon at the right side of the list. And you can view all of your installed apps that contain a photo editing extension. For example, this can be something like Pixelmator, which has an extension to uh, bring in some Pixelmator tools into the Photos app. Uh, there are some things to know about this feature because it, they can go unnoticed very easily. Uh, first of all, if you have an iPhone 6S uh, and if you take a lot of live photos, every time you make edits with a editing extensions, the, the live photo aspect is turned off. So, uh, you know, keep that so in mind. You can't edit a live photo in yeah. extensions. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that yeah. in mind. If you want to make edits to an image, you cannot make edits to a live photo. There are some apps that allow you to modify live photos, but those are dedicated utilities. And maybe in the future, we'll do another show just on live photos. Uh, but for now, keep in mind that most editing tools that you install with the, as editing extensions, they turn off the live photo aspect. Um, another another uh point to consider is that because of mm, hardware and software limitations, um, you don't quite get a full app inside of the Photos app on iOS. You get a subset of features available f uh, with the photo editing extensions. So don't expect, you know, the full Pixelmator app to be available as a, you know, like the full Pixelmator interface inside photos. It's usually, and this, you know, is chosen by the developer. It's usually uh, a collection of editing features made available, you know, for the photos app. And this comes down to, you know, memory limitations uh, of iOS. Just like you cannot do, you know, crazy workflows with uh, action extensions and widgets, you can only do basic editing with uh, photo editing extensions. That doesn't mean, however, that, that, you know, you cannot make some pretty sweet edits in, uh, in the Photos app. Uh, do, you, do you have any uh, photo editing extensions, Fraser? Um, I, I have some that I use, uh, and they're... 
I like you, I found that they're quite good for sort of quick applications of one particular capability of an app rather than, you know, I'm going to have a big session inside Photos doing a lot of image manipulation work with extensions. So it tends to, the kind of things you tend to see in those extensions are things like convert this picture from one state to another. So apply a filter that I have or turn this into black and white or, you know, if an app is particularly capable of um, simulating film grain, for example, in a black and white photograph, you might see a selection of those in there. But other features that depend on a larger interface, like adding layers and uh, putting shapes on top of the picture and things like that, you're unlikely to see that. One thing I just wanted to mention before we talk about specific examples of extensions is that this also works for videos. And, and one of the, the first apps to support a video editing extension was, in fact, iMovie. So you can get the titling capabilities of iMovie right inside photos. So if you, if you we do this in school all the time where we take videos with the kids and we use the iMovie editing extension just to put a quick title on the video that says who the child is in the video and the date that it was taken on, just put that right on the screen so that we always remember who it was and when we took it. Um, so yeah, it does work for video as well. I would say there's fewer apps supporting video extensions, but it is possible. You know, I didn't know that. So <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. I learned yeah. something today. Thank you, Fraser. There we go. Uh, Always be learning. So I mentioned Pixelmator. Uh, it's a full-featured image editor, and we're going to talk about those in a, in a few minutes. Uh, but it's got an editing, an editing extension. It uh, basically contains a bunch of presets and filters. Uh, it's not the, the main, you know, it's not the, the app's full user interface. Uh, you, there's a few filters you can adjust, like the intensity. Uh, again, it's all done by swiping. And and you can uh, move the the focus of the effect on the screen with touch, and it's you know quite nice. I don't use it often, but it's nice to have. Um, Afterlight, uh, which is another photo editor, uh, you know, as a as a standalone app, it's got a lot of effects, a lot of filters that you can choose. Uh, but you you can also access these uh, with the extension. Uh, so you you know, there's like filters, textures that you can apply to a photo. You can adjust brightness, contrast, highlights. Uh, you can put frames <laughs> inside pictures. Yeah. Well, I would say that um, Afterlight is. I keep Afterlight installed just to use it inside photos. Because uh, it actually exports more than most apps in, in terms of its capabilities that you could do inside the app. You can actually do most of that inside the inside the editing extension as well. And I think uh, of all the times I've ever used Afterlight, probably most of them have been from inside the Photos app rather than inside Afterlight itself. Yeah. Uh, another interesting example, um, Scanner Pro by Riddle. Uh, it's the you know the popular uh, scanning mobile scanning app for iOS. You can also use it. In the, in the Photos app with an extension, if you take a lot of pictures, say of receipts and you know documents, and you want to turn them to black and white or grayscale version before actually doing the scanning process in the app, you can do that with the editing extension. So it turns a picture uh, to black and white or grayscale, so it's better for scanning before you open you know, the, the Scanner Pro utility, which is nice, uh, you know, especially if you want to if you want to have a, uh, like a better view in your moments and collections of all these black and white pictures, you can edit them beforehand. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can more easily distinguish photos from these black and white uh, documents. Um, yeah, that's going to be a little slow though, isn't it? Because you're going to yeah. have to go in and do that on every one. Yeah. A lot of taps from yes. going to a photo yes. to get in there. So it, it's a nice thing to have, but I, I think... What I would more likely do in a scanning application is just go into the scanner itself and pick 
you know, the 10 images that I want and scan them up into whatever format, probably PDF actually, and then get them out into whatever app I use to save that stuff in. Yeah, this is one of the problems of uh, for adding extensions, right? You can only yeah. do uh, one at a time. You cannot. They're, they're not really part of a workflow, are they? You know, they're sort of... No. I'm going in to make a, a very detailed manipulation on this photograph and then I'm just going back to photographs. Yes. Whereas in, in, some, in some other apps, if you take the, app, the photo right into the app, you're kind of starting a pipeline like a scanner application where you go pick these bunch of photos each one of them is going to then be grayscaled and then um, have reverse keystoning applied to it and then we can take all those images and we can bundle them up in a pdf and we can send them somewhere and that's kind of the beauty of a dedicated app for something like that whereas the the image editing extensions is really about editing an image that you will then keep in photos from then on uh, maybe using another app later on, but that's kind of where the where this fits in your workflow. For if, if we're talking about workflows specifically, yeah, the entire process can be can be a bit slow, especially if you want to use um, multiple uh, editing extensions on the same photo. You you gotta tap on the you gotta tap on the on the more icon every time. You gotta select the app. You can you need to go through the share sheet every single time, and you can only do so for one photo at a time. So ideally, what I would like to see is for uh, and this applies to action and, and share extensions as well to avoid the process of going through the share sheet and just have like a pixel meter icon in the toolbar or like you know an afterlight icon in, in right inside of the photo uh, photos app editing interface um you know because right now it can be it can be a little tedious this is kind of becoming one of the themes of the show i think isn't it that uh, support for bulk operations in ios yes is yes. something that we're, we're looking for more and more isn't it yeah this applies to text this applies to documents and now this applies to photos too uh fraser you uh, you you brought up to me this uh app that is a meme generator <laughs> yeah it's an app called quick and it has a photo editing extension where you can basically overlay text on top of a photograph so if you wanted to make oh, a, nice you know a, a funny you know meme about you know a picture that you downloaded from the internet or took yourself you could just use quick to apply um some text to that image and then you could use the share sheet in photos to say tweet it or something like that um, so it's quite a nice way just to do something quite simple, which would otherwise require you to do a rather elaborate kind of setup process, maybe in Pixelmator itself or in an app like OmniGraffle, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you could just you know quickly layer on a couple of lines of text on a picture and send it off. Yeah, nice. Um, one last example. This is one of the most... I want to say weird, but I'm going with original uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> use cases for editing extensions. It's this app called iMask. So iMask lets you cover up the faces of people um, in photos with Twitter profile pictures. Now, <laughs> I don't know what you want to do okay. this, uh, but the main idea seems to be that maybe in some photos you don't want to show the face of someone else when you when this, you this is basically the CGP Grey application, isn't it? Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, I actually saw CGP Grey's face, but in real life, but you know, and you lived? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I, well, so far, <laughs> I don't know if he planted <laughs> some crazy virus on me. Uh, anyway, uh, you can cover up the face of someone else with an extension, and. You can also, you know, you can place the 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 the, the, the second image on any other area of the of the photo, uh, just by dragging it around. But the idea is, thanks to automatic face recognition on iOS, you can authenticate with your Twitter account, you know, from the iOS settings. Then you choose a Twitter profile picture from people you follow, or I think people who follow you. 
you choose the avatar and then you use that image to cover up someone else's face. So if you've ever dreamed of covering up, you know, your family members with the classic Twitter egg avatar, you can now do that with an editing extension. Uh, it's kind of crazy, uh, mm-hmm. also kind of creepy maybe, uh, but still, you know, it's possible. So yay, yay for technology, I guess. <laughs> One thing I'm looking for from a photo editing extension, I don't know if you know an app that can do this, but um, I used to use Sketch for this, but Sketch, yeah. I think, is been discontinued is is the ability to pixelate a certain area yeah of a photograph yes uh, I, I don't know if there's an app for that. i think there is an app that offers uh, some of those uh sketch functionalities and i know that the mm, the pinpoint developers you know the app that used to be called the bug shot by marco yeah. armand now it's called pinpoint i know that they're working on an editing extension for for photos and the app has a as a pixelating mm, function uh but it's not available yet uh, in the Photos app. There's another app that I'm thinking of, but the last time, I don't remember the name, and I'm, I'm going to try to have the link in the show notes, but the last time I checked, the app wasn't uh, updated for iOS 9 and the iPad Pro, which made me okay. sad, yeah. Which means we can't see his name yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, after extensions, uh, one, one little one little thing that I want to mention. When you make edits with the photo editing extensions, the, the modifications that you make sync across devices with uh, iCloud for Library. So you can see the same change that, for example, you made with Afterlight on the iPad. You can see the same change on the iPhone thanks to iCloud Sync. However, uh, these edits are no different from the built-in editing tools. So every time you want to revert to the original version of a file, it's the same deal. You revert exactly to the original version. You cannot say, well, I want to keep the change from Afterlight, but I want to remove the edit that I made in Pixelmator. Well, there's no timeline of changes in the Photos app. It's, you know... uh, an all-in-one kind of deal. <laughs> so uh, think about, you know, think carefully every time you you make modifications with a bunch of editing extensions and then you want to revert to the original, you're going to lose them all, basically. Or use that duplicate button as much as you like. Yes, yes. Yeah. That would be my recommendation as well. Uh, there are also, if you, if you don't want to use the Photos app, if you don't want to use extensions, you can use some very powerful uh, standalone photo, photo editing apps. I would say, I just want to say, this is one of the areas of the, of the apps that I think has grown in the most in power since the early days of iOS. Because when we started with the iPad in school, we were deploying 15, 20, 25 different photo manipulation apps that could do exactly one thing. Wow. <laughs> and, and now, you know, it was like we had an app to take the color out except for this one little bit, you know, do the Schindler's List effect. And we had an app to crop pictures and we had an app to, you know... Um, posterize them or whatever and and nowadays all of those tools are, have become integrated into a few really powerful apps so what we're going to talk about here is uh, photo editors that are more powerful than you might think they are for ios uh, we're not trying to cover every image editing app that's on the app store that's impossible um, which is absolutely impossible uh, we're just trying to point out that there are some ones that go very deep uh, and that's kind of what this show is really about, is, is showing how to go deeper rather than telling you everything that's on the App Store. So here are some of those apps that are really uh, deeply powerful and, and extremely useful in iOS. Yeah, well, Pixelmator comes to mind. It's mm-hmm. really uh, a mobile take on Photoshop, if you think about it. Uh, you can make uh, changes to photos, so you can use it to import photo pictures that you take on the iPhone and just make modifications to, do, to those photos. But it can also be used as a 
you know, full featured image editor. So if you don't want to work with photos, but you want to work with text or, you know, screenshots or PSD files, you can do that. Uh, you can create new images. You can, uh, no, I know that you really like this feature. You can choose the size of the canvas every time, uh, before creating a new empty image. And, uh, I use this very often, Fraser, to mm -hmm. create uh, 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 what people call hero images for articles like, you know, the fancy screenshots at the top of my reviews. Those okay. usually come from like an iPhone or an iPad template. So, you know, the device mm -hmm. frame that I paste into Pixelmator and then I import the screenshot in the, from, the, from the Photos app and I manually place it inside of the frame. Then I crop and I export from Pixelmator to the Photos app and I upload it to, to you know, to my CDN to, for use on Mac Stories. So I, I'm not, again, I'm not an expert here. I know that there's people doing crazy, crazy things with Pixelmator. Uh, but, you know, you got layers, you got effects, you can import images, you can import assets from, from various apps and it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like Pixelmator as well. And as you mentioned, my, my kind of most used... Uh, my number one reason for using Pixelmator is that you can set the canvas size to specific pixel dimensions if you want to. And this is often something I use for uh, preparing banners for the school website or something like that, where it's got to be a, a very specific uh, pixel height and width. And many apps on iOS are, are really vague about exactly how big these images are. Um, and this is something I like about Pixelmator, as I can see. I, I need it to be 580 tall by you know 800 wide or whatever, and I get exactly that size, and I know what size I've got, and I can play about with it. I can put layers on top, whatever I need to do, text, and then I export it, and I get an image of that size. Uh, and that's been something that, when I started with the kind of iPad-only lifestyle back in uh, November when we got the iPad Pro, I remember one day trying to do this. I was trying to make an advert banner for for a website, and I eventually, you know, I, I couldn't think how to do it, and I ended up going back to uh, like VNCing into a Mac that I had oh, in school wow. and running running Acorn and doing all the things I used to know how to do in the Mac, and then. Once I got the whole project done and the stress kind of came off me and I was like, okay, and I was on a deadline, so I was like, okay, that's that done. <laughs> I thought, why didn't I just do that in Pixelmator all the time, but just the stress and the sort of time pressure meant that I couldn't get there. But uh, that's exactly how I would do that today is I would just go straight to Pixelmator, get the right size, drop in whatever pictures, logos I need, uh, and I would be done in about two minutes. Nice. So tell me, tell me about Lightroom from Adobe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adobe Lightroom Mobile is a very interesting app. Uh, a really nicely done application. It's They've brought uh, most of what's good about Lightroom from the desktop to, to mobile. It has a lot of presets uh, and the interface really leverages a lot of, if you're, if you're a Lightroom user on the Mac or on Windows for that matter, a lot of what you know from the desktop will come over to iOS. Uh, Lightroom was, if you remember the original iPad Pro trailer video, there was an amazing uh, image of sort of going inside the iPad and seeing the person's finger from the outside. Uh, that was actually a Lightroom that they were demonstrating there, changing the, the values of different colors in the photograph. One of the things about Lightroom for mobile is it requires an Adobe Creative Cloud subscription yeah, yeah. to do certain things. When it first came out, you basically had to have a CC subscription to do anything with the app at all. But I think in recent versions, they, they've rolled it back a little bit so you can at least use it. Yeah on the iPad without a subscription, but you need to have a subscription to do things like sync uh, files from Lightroom on the desktop to iPad and, and vice versa. So there are still some features that require a CC subscription, but you can actually use it separately. Now, 
one of the things that I dislike about all of these apps really is that they kind of take your pictures out of your normal workflow. So like if you're working the way we were talking about last week where you're using iCloud Photo Library to keep stuff in sync between devices and so on, apps like Pixelmator and Adobe Lightroom and so on, they want to take your pictures out of that into their little sandbox space and sync through their service. So if you imagine you would have the bulk of your photographs in iCloud Photo Library, and then you'd have whatever ones you edited in the Lightroom stream, if you like. And that doesn't really appeal to me that much. So I, I use these apps slightly sparingly because I kind of want to keep everything in photos. But if I do need the power of one of these tools, I will go to it and then export back in, into the Photos app when I'm done, just like you were saying about your, your hero shots for your reviews yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but Lightroom is an incredible tool. If you're, if you're a pro photographer and you know about things like tone curves uh, and all those various kind of adjustments that you want to do in Lightroom, many of them are available in Lightroom for iOS and they look like those controls on the desktop. So if you're used to adjusting a tone curve on the desktop and you know what, what you like to see it look like, then you can apply that knowledge in iOS as well. And it is incredibly powerful if you're kind of in that Adobe world. Yeah. It's something worth looking at. So the, the other app that we want to cover and that is a little different from the others is uh, Snapseed. So I believe this image editor started out as an independent company and eventually Google acquired Snapseed. So it's mm -hmm. now part of you know Google's suite of iOS apps. And it's really an incredible tool. You actually turned me into this app, Fraser. Uh, I love Snapseed. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to this app before. But it's really yeah. quite the, the powerful image, image editor for iOS. The interface, it can be a little unusual, right? Uh, the way that you make edits to a photo. Uh, first of all, you, you open a photo from the, from the Photos app. And, and it opens in, in this full screen view. And there's an edit icon in the bottom right corner. So if you're familiar with Google Docs, it's really the, the same basic concept. Uh, instead of jumping straight into editing, um, it shows you the content before, and then you gotta tap this icon to start editing. It's like Google Docs. When you f when you open a document, you're not taken directly to editing. You know, with the keyboard, you, you're shown this little pencil icon in the bottom right. So when you tap that, you can access all of these different effects. They are laid out in a grid, and there's like, uh, uh, you know, tools at the top and filters at the bottom. And the way that you make modifications, it's a little strange initially, maybe. So you have to swipe uh, horizontally and vertically to choose the first vertically to choose the actual tool that you want to use and then horizontally to adjust the intensity. Yeah, and, and the thing is you're doing that on the photograph itself. So you swipe up and down in the picture to move between different aspects of the adjustment and then you go left and right on the photograph to change the whole the value of the adjustment that you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah. but there's two things that I really, really like. Uh, the first one is that this is sort of my, my, my dream interface. Every time you make an edit, you have a timeline of every single change that you made. At the bottom, there's like uh, an icon with the, with a history of your edits, and you can tap that, and you can see the individual changes, and you can remove them. Uh, you know, if you, if you stack multiple edits on top of each other, you then have a control over these edits. So th that's convenient because, you know, I play around with the photo, and I make, you know, some changes, and then maybe I make another modification, I don't like it, and I can go back just on that one. It's not like the, the Photos app that, you know, you have to revert all of your changes. So that's nice. And it's got this, you know, vertical drop down, which is, you know, uh, I think it's well done. Uh, the other big feature of Snapseed uh, is that it integrates with the Photos app. So tell me what you can do here. 
Well, this, this, to me, this is the most important thing because I like to have one kind of unified place where all my data gets saved. Uh, and for me, for photos, that is iCloud Photo Library. So when you edit with Snapseed, uh, you have the option to export a finished version back to the Photos app, and that will apply all your edits, render a new image, and save it back to Photos. But what you can also do is you can just save what you've done. And what it does is you'll see a, a system dialog which asks you for permission to modify a photograph. And what's happening there is Snapseed is bundling up all its edits and rendering a preview and sending all that data together back into the Photos app. And this is part of the of the uh, PhotoKit API that Apple's introduced in recent years. And what it allows an app to do is to bundle up a piece of data, which is essentially a binary version of all its edits, and stick that along with the photograph so that whenever you open the photograph again, the app can try and read its edits back. And if it sees that information there, it can show you, it can reconstitute that edit chain in its own interface. Uh, and the beauty of this is that that data also syncs across iCloud Photo Library. So that if I am um, out and about and I'm taking photographs and I do a basic edit on a photograph in Snapseed on my iPhone, once that synchronizes with iCloud Photo Library, I can pick up Snapseed on my iPad, open up that same image, and all those edits are still there inside Snapseed, right? That's amazing. So Snapseed yeah. has synced its data through iCloud Photo Library, and it's it's back up in Snapseed on the other app, and it's, and it's completely editable on both sides. It, it's super cool. Uh, and that's one of the, my favorite things about Snapseed uh, is that you can do that with it. And it's I'm just so impressed with the application. Since version 2, it's just gotten better and better and better. And it's, it's also, it's a great... Um, it's a great iOS citizen, even though it has has a kind of look of Android about it in terms of some of the editing uh, buttons that you see. It, it integrates beautifully with many of the APIs uh, and works really, really well with iCloud Photo Library as well. Yeah. So that's why it's my favorite app. Yeah, I wish more more apps behaved this way. You know, it's got its very peculiar interface, but when it comes down to uh, working with the Photos app, it's got direct integration. So you don't have to worry about, you know, another sync service or, you know, exporting pictures. It's really well done. Yeah. Uh, but once you get used to that interface, it's incredibly fast to work oh, with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The other thing I wanted to mention about Snapseed is it also supports brushing. So what you can do is, is once you've once you've made an adjustment, if you like the way it looks in a certain area of the photograph but not in another, you can switch to a brush mode and you can either brush the effect on or off depending on what you want to do. So say you have any, you've done an adjustment and it made the sky look great but it made the foreground look terrible, you could just brush it out of the foreground and leave the effect on the sky. So you can actually apply um, selective edits to different parts of the photograph as well, which is is a very powerful technique. Yeah, that's that's really great. Excellent. So I think that just about wraps up our show on photo editing, Federico. I think yeah. uh, you'll agree with me that iOS has become a much more mature platform for photography uh, than ever before. And I think the iPad Pro is just, you know, it's just everything but better in terms of, you know, just more screen space, more processing power. Uh, of course, other iPads and, and the iPhones are great for doing all that stuff as well. Uh, we're, again, we're not trying to cover everything that's available in the App Store. Uh, I think, um, you know, please don't email us your favorite thing. Uh, I mean, we love your feedback, but, you know, we are trying to pick two or three uh, of, of the most powerful, most mature, best integrated, best iOS yes. citizens on the platform uh, and show you how deep you can go with those rather than saying, hey, there's an app for this, there's an app for that, there's an app for everything you can think of. It's about power and depth that we're really looking for here. Yeah. So, 
tell us where we can find show notes, Federico. So if you want to see all the links to the apps that we mentioned, uh, just go to relay.fm slash canvas slash four, and you will see the show notes on the web or you, in your favorite pod- podcast client. You should be able to either tap the artwork or swipe up and see the show notes as links that will open in Safari or your browser on iOS. Excellent. Uh, and if you want to, you can connect with us on, on Twitter. The show is at underscore Canvas FM. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter, and Federico is Vitici. That's V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Did I get that right? Yes, perfect. Excellent. I've listened to it so many times in other shows. <laughs> uh, so with that, we will see you all next time.